0: All right, gentlemen, welcome to Bet on C2C, not the voice that I'm sure most people were expecting after that. their music. I'm Austin, one of the uh, co-founders here at C2C, a little bit of a different crew with us. We've got Chris Kay here. We've got Felix Sharp.
1: Thank right. me!
0: Thank me! Thank me!
1: Thank me, gentlemen, for having me. It's really your pleasure for me being here. Austin, Chris, it's... uh. It's your pleasure for having me here.
0: I, I don't you. call you Felix Sharp anymore. I call you Sharp Felix because you're the betting guru now. I, I so so we had to have you. Damn on right. You damn right. And then Chris, That's the only point. guy here who actually really knows what he's talking about. Uh, Chris, uh, <laughs> thanks for hopping on here with us. Uh, please please be gentle. Our first you know real real voyage here uh, on the bet on C two C pod. Yeah, I'm
2: happy to uh, continue going with you guys. New crew, which will be fun for this one. And uh, I will say though, Felix has the best last name. Or potentially best name in the tout business if it's with it being sharp
0: 100 percent. it's not like warren sharp, warren either, where sharp that's a fake had name. To,
1: yes had to yeah. change his name this is my real name sharp at the with an e at the end don't get yeah. it twisted
0: yeah. so we're gonna do mostly the same thing guys just uh, end of the season here um uh, brandon and, and ethan had some uh conflicting schedule stuff so we're just gonna we wanted to make sure we were still getting this pod out give you guys some prize pick stuff some dfs which is going to be Quite frankly, all Chris K. And then um, uh, one of each of us are going to have like a lock or two of the week uh, from a betting perspective. And that's what we're going to roll through here, Um, get get in and out. Um, But let's start with prize picks here. Uh, You guys usually pick a couple of plays that you really like. Prize picks does not quite have all of the lines out yet, but we're gonna we have some that I think uh, we all like. Um, Felix, do you want to start? You put like twelve on here. Like, do you want to like like to be prepared. a couple that be- you like? Are you, maybe, cri- are you
1: criticizing me for being prepared for the show? I brought content to the show. This is a show where we have to talk, so I brought talking points. All right, sir, sure. sure, Felix. Um, All right, so I think I like all of the overs, uh, Fresno State versus Nevada. Jay Kaner's line is 305 passing yards. I'm taking the over on that. Nevada is 59th in passing yards allowed. Uh, their last... Two games, they've given up 340 yards to 7 Cordero, and 218 yards to Taylor Green. Taylor Green isn't even really a great passer. Um, I think Jay Kaner is the best quarterback that Bata has seen all season. So I'm taking the overall passing yard, 305. I'm taking the – oh and Jay Kaner is also trying to improve his draft capital. I think that when you have a senior quarterback – Like this, the coaches want to put him in the best position they can as a nod of respect to that player. So I I think that they're going to throw the ball and try to get Jake Hayner's numbers up. I'm also starting Jake Hayner in a lot of places uh, in the playoffs. I'm taking the over on 305 passing yards. I'm taking the over on 21.5 fantasy points. That actually really seems really really easy. I mean, he's going to have at least two touchdown passes in this one. He might even run one in. Taking the over on that. Remember, he was er, injured earlier in the season. He's come come back. He's played well nico remigio our slot wide receiver there the transfer from cal his over under on uh receiving yards is 52.5 i like the over on that one i also like the over on 11.5 fantasy points this is a player that they scheme into the offense with like screen routes and short stuff so we're in ppr scoring and price picks is ppr scoring right yes,
0: yes it is. full ppr
1: yeah it's it's full PPR scoring, so he could have you know four four catches in the in the first half for fifty yards, and there you got the over on his eleven and a half fantasy points. Uh, so I like some of the overs in this for Fresno State in this uh, Nevada in this Nevada and. Uh, and uh, for the State game, I really like the Nico Remigio over 11 and a half. I'm starting Nico Remigio. And, and, and just, just, just
0: a little – some some further points on Remigio there, uh, Felix. Since a, a month ago, basically, 10-15, they played San Jose State. He's had no fewer than five receptions in any game. Like, yeah. I think this is not a touchdown-dependent fantasy line, which is kind of no. the thing that you're looking for for a lot of these if, you, if you're trying to play a fantasy uh, points line. Uh, Chris is shaking his head here, so I think he probably uh, agrees with me. I mean, last game, it was five catches for 49 yards. That wouldn't have gotten you there, but, I mean, uh, that's kind of the range of what you can hope for out of him, five, six, seven catches, and, and, and you know, 50 to 60 yards gets in there. It doesn't seem outlandish uh, uh, to me. Chris?
1: And, and he can he can score also. Um he can score touchdowns also. If you think about how uh, Arizona uses Rondell Moore, it's a similar way that they use Nico Ramusio. They even use him on jet sweeps sometimes. So I'm I'm taking Nico Ramusio's over. Uh, two more is the over in this um, for UCLA in this UCLA USC matchup. Zach Charbonnet's over under on rushing and receiving yards is 155.5. I think this is going to be an up and down game. I don't think that uh, USC is going to be able to stop him. Again, this is another player who's trying to improve his draft capital. So if he's healthy, if he's playing in this game, which he did last week, and what he had, a, did he have 100 total yards, 180 total yards from scrimmage um, like last the, week? Something again, yeah, yeah, something like that. So I'm taking the over on his uh, 155. I wish I wonder what that opened at. If it was like 130 or something like that, I,
0: I doubt it's really moved that much. I mean, I wasn't okay. paying that much, but these these lines are pretty fresh yeah so like I don't know that it would have moved too much at this point yet and so I don't feel at I I don't I think he's going to get over 155 rushing and receiving uh, but I'm
1: probably also going to tap the over on 130.5 receiving yards specifically there's I think that there are going to be a lot of possessions for both teams in this game and if you get a lot of possessions you know Zach Charbonnet could have five catches and break one off for 20 30 yards and there you hit your over so
2: Yeah, i i think chip really needs a win and they don't have a ton of offensive weapons right like they have dtr they have charbonnet but like jake bobo being your next best option who i like bobo is i mean you're not beating usc a top 10 team with like focusing on these other guys so i really like the charbonnet stuff to circle back to the hainer uh points 305 passing yards i think that's very doable against nevada it's a good matchup they're big Big, uh, big spread and they don't blow them out unless Hayner has a great game. Sometimes when I see a line like 21 and a half fantasy points for Hayner, I think I tend to go to that one way more because that one feels way lower. And with no bonus, um, you know, you need the touchdowns, you know, you need the the fact that you're not getting negative rushing yards out of a quarterback from those sacks. I just looked Nevada's like in the bottom 40 in sacks, something like basically one and a half a game, which is really nice to see. So I like all these. You know, they have a huge total, Fresno State does. It's like 37, 38 points. So I think a lot of overs make a lot of sense there. And then, like I said, the Charbonnet stuff's always gonna be interesting, especially against um USC. I think props, I've thought about this a lot the last week as I try to figure out like life, you know, like what am I spending every single minute of my life on in the fall? And I think props are gonna become bigger and bigger, these plays on price picks, underdogs, just gambling in general. And I think a lot of that is is because you can bet it. You forget about it in a sense where you don't have to be sitting around and subbing and doing all this stuff. Nothing optimal in these final minutes. In uh, worst case, you know, Charbonnet doesn't play. It's just a push. You know, it just like it never happened, which is a huge benefit. So I think he goes big or he just doesn't even play with some weird, freaky Chip Kelly stuff.
0: Is that a shot at me because of my Charbonnet sweat last week for –
2: No, no, I think it's just, no, it's just, I, you know, as someone that does DFS, like Saturdays, you say, Hey, like my wife will be like, Hey, do you want to go do this on Saturday? And I'm like, but you know, it's November, right? Like, why would I go do that on a Saturday? So trying to just become a little bit more well, well well-rounded. And I think props will be a huge, uh, way to get that kind of sweat that juice without feeling like you're just throwing money away. You do a lot of projections, Chris, have you done them for
0: that game yet like i don't i mean i don't i don't know if you want to give away a secret sauce here if you've got them but i mean do you is this just kind of over city for a lot of these guys i didn't look to see if cropper had lines or or what his lines are
1: he he Um, does his lines are a little bit more um uh what's the word i'm looking for generous i don't know they're higher lines so um you know i think his the over under and his receiving was somewhere in the 80s, I want to say.
0: I did see, I think so, his line was like six and a half receptions, too, or something,
2: which I, which yeah. felt kind of the range that I think he'll, he'll okay. end up landing in. Right. I haven't done them yet. Okay. I'm just real quickly, trying to see if I can finagle it here a little bit. Uh, I mean, giving him about six, sharpening about 16 carries puts him at like 22 fantasy points, Woo. which is oh. like pretty, pretty easy to get to. So, I mean, that total is huge. Let's see. Real quick. I got about 115 rushing yards or so. So it's it'll be close, but that's more of a median than it is a upside type, you know. I think the fantasy play for Charbonnet might be better. I think it's something like 24 and a half. But interesting this kind yeah. of defense.
0: I-, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, I mean his his rush yards total is at 125 and a half, and that's actually the one that seemed intriguing to me just because we know that USC is so not good at stopping the run um but i'm actually wondering feel, you know that if that sharp play might actually be either the fantasy points or the 30 and a half receiving yards i mean he's gone over that like a bunch this year he has two games with zero catches zero i, I don't know what happened against colorado i mean you don't he he touched the ball nine times, had 104 yeah, yards. That was that touchdowns. big, like, yeah, that was that big upside, big blowout game. I, I don't think you're going to have that again. But I mean, he's had you know games of four catches, five catches. Uh, he had nine on 11 targets last week. I don't expect that again. But I mean, I, that that line's interesting to me. I didn't catch that as I was going through.
1: It's just a game that I think that you're going to have possessions that are 30 seconds one, one and a half minutes, like very short possessions in the going up and down the field. And in that type of environment where we could have each team get 11 possessions. I think that, you know, Zach Charbonnet could just find himself, you know, with with a lot of catches in this one and go over that 30. That's 30 yards. Isn't a a lot to go over. It just depends on the the game, the game flow, uh, the game script. And I think that the game script in this one lends itself to Lots of possessions, lots of opportunities for for Charbonnet to get those receptions.
0: One line that we didn't talk about in that Fresno game that I think actually really, really interested me was the Jordan Mims rush yard total right now. It's at 80 and a half. I know, Chris, you said you're kind of quickly, you know, punching in some numbers to see what's going on. This feels to me like a game where Mims gets, like, the third quarter has, like, 70 rush yards in the third quarter they kind of, you know run away with it and then it's just over I, I mean i i don't know he hasn't been really been hitting those totals but they also like they couldn't run the ball at all without Hayner because teams just didn't fear that at all this year um so I, i'm thinking this might be a kind of a Mims kind of week and um from you know fantasy perspective and
2: and i, th- I think he hits 100 yards yeah, I have him about 103 yards on 18 carries. 20 22-point spread or so is kind of interesting. It's kind of that teetering on the yeah. line of, like, does he play the fourth? But it's tight. I, I, it, for, in consideration of what the actual price picks number is, that's a good number to, to to hit. Because it feels like if you be conservative with it, you're still at about 95 yards or so. And if this game stays just, if Nevada scores one time accidentally more than they should have, then you get a complete game out out of Mims, and they're I, fairly concentrated in terms of in terms of how they play offense. It's really Remigio, Cropper, Mims, Hayner, and that's essentially it in terms of the high performers.
0: When you are looking at your, you know, kind of projections, you're you what what you're projecting in some of the lines for a week. How far apart? Does like the number that's that's showing up like on Prize Picks or if someone just betting straight props on like Fanduel or something like that? How big of a difference do you need to be? Do you typically have to have between those for you're like this? There's probably a pretty nice edge
2: here. I'm probably going to play this. I'd say something around twenty okay. percent or so. So like eighty yards. I think if he was, you know, they're pretty good at those numbers. Prize Picks Underdog is insanely good at the numbers. Um, if you find if he's 80 yards in my projections say 90, that's still a nice over, but you have to like kind of just bake in some un- unluckiness and things like that. So I want to see closer to that 95 to 100, um, things like that. And our projections or my projections have the bonus included. So like if he if it's over 100, it'll kind of lock in an extra three point. It's pretty intricate. It's weird how it works, but it, fancy points. You have to kind of do a double take because price fix doesn't do bonus whereas the projections that we have are set for DraftKings, which does include that bonus. But yeah, about 20% or so this is what I feel really good about. Awesome. Awesome. That's really good to know.
0: Um, the other line that I had real quick here, guys, I want to talk to you a little bit about. I know Felix, feel like you put an NFL line on here. Um, I know you just really he want got to talk to Zach Wilson. Um, we'll let you talk Zach Wilson here in a second. What um, I do want to toss out is this, no, this. The, on the, the, the
1: truth is, is that... Uh... I didn't realize when you play on prize picks that you can like string together any lines yeah. from across games. I didn't realize that at first. I, don't, I think, I don't know people who play prize picks might realize that, but I didn't realize that myself. So we should emphasize that you can play like not just college football lines. You know, you got to put these parlays together. You can find soft lines in the different sports and,
0: are you going to start giving out some 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 e gaming e sports lines for us, Felix? I, I need you to dive into that. I need. Listen, to- I
1: got to do one thing at a time. You know how much it's taken me to just to get learn terminology and betting stuff. So uh, let me let me do one thing at a time
0: here. Uh, one other college line I just want to toss out here real quick is this Tavion Thomas line, and I think this line is fair because the Tavion Thomas saga feels like it's taken six years off my life this year. Um, you know, is he starting? Is he not starting? Does the coaching staff like him? Does the coaching staff hate him? But his projected fantasy score on prize week right now is 10.5. No updates on Jalen Glover, but I'm assuming that he's probably still hurt this week. It didn't sound great uh, going into last week. Um, r- no real updates on Makai Bernard. Cameron Rising isn't going to magically get healthy in one week, and they have another high scoring, pro- probably high scoring game here against Oregon this week. 10.5 for Tavion Thomas if he gets 20 carries. I mean, whew. Uh, that, that 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 like i'm I'm running to hit that one and it wouldn't surprise me if that's up to like 16 17 18 by the end of the week because some every week one or two of these lines
2: just is like it, this is, is way this off. is going to disappear this is the one of those disappearing ones and it comes back like five points higher yeah this is i mean if you could feels like you can kind of conservatively hit them at 80 yards is what i have um and the thing is the question, with, I mean, he's clearly the most talented guy. There's some sort of vendetta or he's doing something in the background that's causing him to not play or to play limited, right? Like, you don't just go from 2021 season to this uh, where he was being drafted in best balls in the off season, like mid second round, which is like what, 18, 20th pick to basically playing once every three games, you know, some crazy stuff like that. So this is one of those ones where he's going to get like one point or he's going to get like 27. Like it's going to be one or the other. And I think sometimes you get those price picks and others will do projections based on just performances in the past. And he's one of those guys that's very atypical of his game log, you know, cause of these weird, you know, was it a suspension? Was it an injury? Was it him? Just whatever. Right. You can't really go off of just the past game log with him. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's one that I
0: like right now. And I'm, I, I was, I said it on the C2C pod. I believe I said it in our Slack. Like, I think I'm, fine. I'm just firing Tavion Thomas some places this week. Like, I just don't care. I mean, I, I, I'm, there's some leagues where I've, I've got some guys that are questionable. You know, is Jameer Gibbs playing, Chase Brown, some of these other guys, you're going to hit on them here in a few minutes. But like, I, I feel okay playing him. I just think if situation isn't improving for anybody else in that roster, he's just like a, a slam dunk kind of this week. I'm wondering is, is the main slate pricing out yet for DFS? It
2: is, but oh, he's night slate probably. It's isn't main, it. yeah. It's only main, so he's not on it. Hmm. I was gonna say, I wonder what he's priced
0: at on, uh, you know, like DK. Uh, would be interesting to see. Do you have? Do you
2: project price before they come out? Or is no, that kind of just... no, no, no. But you can almost always guess that. Like we uh, joked around it in Slack, and I'll post or will we'll discuss a couple of them here. But like some of them are just way too cheap that you can predict going into it. Like oh, there's no way whoever does this pricing is aware of this guy. Or even better, Kendra Miller, who's always like 6600. Has have have, has anybody ever seen Kendra Miller over 7500, and yet he's like a like I, a stud running back? I can't play it here in Pennsylvania, so I can't say that I'm
0: I'm checking it. Felix, have you ever seen Kendra Miller, Kendra Miller over 6600?
1: I've played lots of DFS and. Uh... Of course, lots and lots of DFS. And no, I, I guess that's true. I'm, no, I've never seen
0: Gendry Miller over 6500
1: or his price at all. To
0: be, to be <laughs> <laughs> All right, so give feel like you have one other play you want to give us that you can pair with any of your – You, your you Fresno, want me to give the prize just, picks play? Yeah, because you can't just play like three Fresno guys. It won't let you. So someone's got to pair something. It won't let and, you? You can't. No, go.
2: no, you can't. You have to do more than one team. And you can do any sport you want. All
1: right. Well, um, the I'm going to take the under on 192.5 passing yards for one Zach F. Wilson against uh, New England. The F, of course, stands for failure because this is a guy who has not figured it out from one season to the other. Uh, his his uh, his uh, blankie was ball. Was kind of the engine that was running the team that was having success early on. I think it's even possible that we see Zach Wilson get pulled at, at some point, uh, uh, during the, the you know, towards the end of the season. It could be this game. Um, so you know, I don't know that the passing volume is going to uh, have an uptick even without Brees Hall, but again, you know, he's just been a poor performer. Um, Is that under 200 passing yards in a a lot of games this season? So I'm taking the under on that 192.5.
0: New England, not a great matchup either. Um, So, um, yeah, sleeper. I went in today. I had a league that I was I was checking on, and I I have Zach Wilson on this roster, and he's projected for like nine points or something, and like a standard quarterback scoring, like just absolutely, absolutely brutal. Um, All right, DFS portion of the show here. Where we're gonna pretend that we know what we're talking about and pretty much just bounce stuff off of Chris. Um, Chris was kind enough to give us a lot of topics to cover, so I'm just gonna to toss this right to you, Chris. I mean, a lot of injuries that like aren't so serious that we just know guys are done for the year, but but serious enough that maybe we're questioning whether they play this week or not. What are we looking at here?
2: Yeah, I think there's. I think the key thing with daily fantasy is following the injuries especially with like nfl they open you know they throw out the slate so open or so early same with in a sense the main slate on DraftKings, they'll throw it out so early so you do get some interesting situations so the first is and it's every single week ohio state players just all of them really it's right mayan williams is done for their year or at least until Bowl they have, Yeah, the they, team, ha- they haven't right?
0: indicated for the year, but it's, I mean, it didn't look, he carted off the field, he's, you know, on the sideline, booted up or whatever, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, so that leads to a really interesting situation with Travion Henderson, who has been banged up and held out randomly. Do you have any sort of vibe on him being in or out?
0: So, it sounds like uh, uh, Bruning was saying today that, it, that, that Ryan Day said that he thinks Travion's going to play, that he was saying basically he thought Travion could play last week. But I just don't know in this game, like if they really give a full run to Travion, or if it's a Dallin Hayden week. Like I, I really don't know what to expect. In I don't think that, that you're
1: going to. You, you don't want to ride your horse in a game that you know that you're going to win. They're going to win this game. This is a team that's preparing for the big game at the end of the season, Michigan. This is a game, that, the team that's preparing for the playoffs, and they need to get healthy. They already, they're already down Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, let's not forget that who hasn't been healthy all season. So I you got to kind of I feel like in boxing you take some rounds to rest up. You got to some games to rest up if you're Ohio State and and just cruise and get your victory. I think that they can who are, who are they playing this week? Uh, Maryland, right? Maryland, yeah. Yeah, it's Maryland. Yeah, I mean yeah, they got to get healthy. Why not rely on on Dallin Hayden? For a team that wants to pass the ball anyway, let him take the, the the lumps against Maryland, and let's save let's save Travion, and hopefully, Mayan Williams is healthy uh, for that last game of the season.
2: Yeah, I think there's two really interesting ways to think about that. They did it last week where they sat Henderson, but then they rode Mayan, right? So like Ohio State has shown all year that they're going to sit guys, right? They did it with JSN just to make sure he was better, and then he came back and got dinged up. So maybe they learned their lesson there. Um, that's probably what we saw with Henderson, but they come out, they have no Henderson. They hammer Mayan Williams. Um, and then he gets hurt. So do we, do they learn from that as well? Do they, I mean, Travion has got to get some run, right? The matchup is really good as well. His price isn't super aggressive. The, the, what makes this really interesting is that if he does not get a ton of run then Hayden does, and we saw what Hayden can do in the last game. So it's this is a really pivotal situation. Even if Stroud slings it around, right? They're going to score 45, 49 points, something like that, right? So there are going to be enough yards and touchdowns to go around. And then with JSN also is, you know, I don't I don't have enough time to follow all these Ohio State injuries. Is he likely out or is he for sure out this weekend, do you think? I haven't seen anything. I don't expect him to play again until the Michigan game. So... Another situation where Marvin Harrison gets a huge bump. Like, how does Ohio State score if Mayans out, JSN's out, and Trevion's limited? Cade Stover, like right? Cade <laughs> Stover is gonna have three touchdowns. Stover. Stover.
0: No, Cade yeah.
1: Stover, Fleming, and Harrison Jr. I mean, they'll. He's Day's not
2: scared to just throw it around and abandon the run. Exactly. So. I think that is a huge situation for him. I think um, Fleming is really interesting. He's gotten a bunch of targets more recently. He's cheaper. Mecca, I'm kind of cooling on a little bit because Marvin Harrison's just been so insanely good, and he's just getting targeted so much. So uh, I think Ohio State's really pivotal. What about Kansas and Jalen Daniels? I think there's a couple pieces of impact here. It's Devin, or I'm sorry, Jason Bean is out, right? He got hurt last game. Seems like Daniel's in. Is that kind of the vibe you guys have received as well or, or heard? Uh, it sounds like he's, he's clear to
0: play. Cause no, I mean, I think even if he's close with being issues, I think that they roll him out there. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Great play. He burned me so many times at the beginning of the season. I finally play a bunch of them. He gets hurt. And that's just the way life is sometimes I'm curious to see how Devin Neal, the running back, his usage went, has gone insanely high, which is really nice. Uh, and he's super talented. So it's like only a matter of time. So I'm curious to see if the return of Daniels will limit some of that. Cause he is such a good runner.
1: Can um, I get a, can I get a, a start set question for my own teams? Because I sure. have a team with Devin Neal, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams here. Would you start Devin
2: Neal of those between those three? I, mean, I, think, I think Devin Neal is definitely the most the safest for sure. And yeah. I think he presents a, a lot of upside, right? Like, He's carried the ball basically like 70% of the times for his team the last couple weeks. There's definitely – I mean, it feels stupid to keep doing these types of like what-ifs and like play narratives and stuff. But, like, I could totally see Kansas playing Daniels in in his first game back kind of using him but not going overboard and really leaning on Neal. A bunch of running backs got hurt this past weekend, right? Keaton Mitchell, uh, did you guys see that hit against Cincinnati? Whew. Just brutal. Maybe like a little bit of a wheel route at the front pylon was just demolished. You hate to see that. The guy is incredibly talented. We don't know what he's going to be doing. I I don't have any proof for this, but it feels like that was his second concussion in a couple weeks because he got a huge hit in that BYU game. That was a weekday game and kind of looked dazed and confused. They have a really good backup, uh, Marlon Gunn, that's incredibly talented and chief as well. Uh, Chase Brown, we saw him at the end of that Purdue game on Saturday get hurt. He reacted really, really, uh, almost like violently, like really, he seemed very hurt. But B-Lama, uh comes out today and says that him and Josh McCray are both trending towards playing. Um, I missed a little bit of that Michigan game, so I was wondering how the hell I got Donovan Edwards so wrong. Come to find out, he got hurt. Do you guys know the extent of the injury? I've looked a little bit and all I see is like Harbaugh saying like, you know he's improving. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I, n- I have no lean either way there. Um, I, I I was searching for him yesterday. Can't find anything.
2: So I I just rattled off a bunch of guys. Anybody I missed that top of mind that you think is uh is valid? I know Adrian Martinez it, just before the show was basically ruled out this this for this yeah. game. So Will Howard is now the guy uh, the quarterback again for Kansas State. Is
0: Bama on this early slate, or like I, I, they're not like draft doesn't even be, have like you can't even bet on that game right now. So
2: no, that would be a uh, like a CFF question because playing Austin P, they're not going to include that one in a, gotcha. in a main slate this far in the season. Beginning the season, week zero, we're projecting Austin P, but week uh, twelve or whatever it is, they're not on this one. I'm guessing you were going to talk about Jameer Gibbs.
0: Uh, yeah, I was going to say you know what. Well, well, Gibbs, you know, does this make Jace McClellan a play? Does it, you know, uh, what exactly impact does that have? But, you know, obviously outside the scope of.
2: What yeah, totally fine. About. Yeah, I, I I, can't imagine Gibbs plays against P. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Gibbs play ever again in college football. Um, they're not making the playoff. They, the game that they, he would play is the Auburn game, which I hope he does for monetary reasons for myself. But I could see a world where he's he's kind of banged up at the ankle, and just tells him, now nah, I'm good." And then, of course, he's not going to play in the bowl game with uh with it probably being like Sugar Bowl or something, right? Big games to target. So I think this is a really fun weekend because there are some really high scoring matchups. Um, the ones that I've pegged is is three of the ones that really intrigue me, and I find it fun when they include teams that have not. I don't need every single Big Ten, Big Twelve team every single week. Like I don't need to watch Minnesota, Illinois because it's on the slate. It's gonna be fun watching. Because I did it for seven weeks in a row. You know, like <laughs> give me a week off. So they've included a couple fun teams: um, Houston versus ECU. You know, AAC is a really fun conference to watch. I think that one's gonna have a ton of matchup, a uh, ton of options to consider there. Washington State and Arizona. This is a Cameron Ward. This is a Cameron Ward group, right? Are, are you on the pro side of Cameron Ward or the anti side of Cameron
0: Ward? Uh, I think neither. I think I've been pretty middle of uh, tier with him. I'm still very skeptical in him as an NFL guy. Obviously, we don't care about that for what we're talking about here. Um, that offense. I, so I actually haven't really been able to watch a lot of Washington State games, but it's never seemed like that offense has really opened up like we've expected it to at any point this year. And I mean, they're playing in the Pac-12. You would have think we would have gotten you know a couple of, of big games. It just seems like I. I haven't been blown away with it, with any of their scoring every, anytime I've checked in with them.
2: Yeah, he hasn't really had a big game or maybe recently uh too often. Felix, are you uh, what where do you stand on the Cameron Ward side? Are you pro or anti? I'm pro
1: Cameron Ward. I mean, this is a guy who's starting at the FBS level for the first time, making a big jump. I don't know that he reached the ceilings that we thought he would under Eric Morris. But he is, we've seen him improve in games. We've seen him improve on his decision-makings. He's made some baffling decisions, you know, interception where you're staring at a window for four seconds and then decide to throw the ball when there's a defender right there. Like, that's not like a processing mistake. That's like, can we get you, uh, get your eyes checked? It reminds me of that J- Jameis Winston squinting meme. Um but he does have a trait that I think you can work around and that's his escapability you know his ability to play off script and those are things that you know we can build on so maybe he's not a 2023 in specifically for the NFL draft maybe he's not a 2023 guy maybe he's a 2024 guy that we need to pay attention to but he has to improve his deep passing because we've seen a lot of quarterbacks come from these Mike Leach spread type systems where they're good horizontally but not good vertically you know Anthony Gordon comes to mind Um, I'm sure there are others that I could uh, think of I just can't think of off the top of my head so uh, let's see if he can improve on his decision making and making plays in that intermediate and deep uh, part of the field quite frankly plays that when they played Uh, Idaho earlier in the season Giovanni McCoy was making let's see if if Cam Ward can make some of
2: those throws (laughs) I led you to that that's on me Um, I think that game is a really fun one Washington State and Arizona right I think both of them are kind of lesser known names which is always good for uh, competitive reasons and I think like Jaden Delora is gonna be a fun option but overall both of those teams have five or six guys in play uh, for Washington state. I think Cameron Ward, uh, Stribling, Robert Farrell, Layton Smithson, who's minimum price. He's kind of come on as a relevant name um, out of their wideout group. And I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this or Nakia Watson with Jalen Jenkins kind of taking the back seat again, after Watson coming back from injury. I think um, those are all options in play. And then for Arizona, I think they have a couple of bigger names. Jacob Cowing has been a big name at, throughout the past, Twelve months since his transfer from what UTEP or was it UTSA? UTEP, yeah. UTEP. So big name there, Michael Wiley of at running back, and then Jane Delora, um, all options in play and, and not too crazy pricing. So I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. Texas and Kansas, we've kind of mentioned Jalen Daniels, Devin Neal as high usage players. Texas side of things is is very concentrated with uh, Bijan with xavier worthy so i am i'm curious to see how that game goes because he there's a lot of talent at the skill spots and it feels like Sarkeesian or, or yours is failing them at this time um do you have we, a take necessarily see, in the texas offense as we see in kansas upset round two this year what do we what do we think i mean the spread's nine i think and that's a i mean against the spread that feels like a really good line to take kansas
0: It does. It does. I don't, I actually didn't watch the Texas game this past weekend. It apparently I didn't miss much. Um, I don't have a strong lean either way, but I mean, game total is pretty high in this one, 64 points. Um, so can't, can't go wrong with that.
2: And then just pivoting away from that would be just kind of in these main slates, you start to see like the big games where you see both sides be very intriguing and then you kind of pivot to like, okay, well, like there's two games I'm not touching. And then here's a team I'm not touching. So, I think uh, TCU Baylor maybe is a low key really good game to target. you know TCUs kind of slowed down offensively uh, on the road at Baylor it could be a tough matchup but I think you know you kind of sometimes need the idea that a team is going to struggle for you to get some uh, edge some leverage in, in DFS Ohio State's always gonna be an option and then Penn State running backs I have a, had a uh, have a hard time figuring out what the hell to do with Penn State running backs. I play Ktron Allen, Singleton goes off. I play Singleton, Allen goes off. Um, it really seems like both of them are going to be really good options for the next couple of years. Is both true freshmen correct? Any feel, any guidance on how to maneuver this running back group? What's their price at for
0: the week? I mean, I'm assuming they're both fairly low just, you know, because, because of that volatility, unpredictability. Um, low game total, but I mean – Game total is 45. Penn State's going to score
2: two thirds of that. I mean, so at least. So let's see here. Their pricing is they're near identical 5,800 for Singleton and 5,600 for Allen. Man, with some of those other games on the slate, I don't even know if I like that.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Like, what's, it's, it's like, t- I feel like t- you have to run out. Like Bijan is one of your guys in that juicy matchup against Kansas. Like, pricing be damned. So I, I don't know what that leaves you in terms of wiggle room for running backs after that.
2: but Yeah, I, it, it doesn't make for a, an easy decision. You know, what you'd love to see is just one of them get a ton of carries between Singleton and Allen, and then both of them beca- – you know, that guy becomes a smash play. You know, Bijan, you know, do people look at the game log and say what the hell happened and then just not play him because of how bad that last game was? You know, I have a feeling Blake Corum is just going to continue to be high owns. You know, if Edwards is out, then I mean Corum already sees twenty five, thirty carries a game in a matchup against Illinois. That should be pretty much locked in again. So how do you why would you go with Bijan over Blake Corum? But that's where you can create some leverage, some differences in your lineups. And Bijan's been amazing for every other game in his career. Well, you you're the expert. I would love to hear what you say, but
0: my initial thought that comes to my mind is that I mean just looking at some of the basic stuff that Michigan Illinois game total way lower. I think that 18 point spread if if McRae and um uh Brown aren't playing is is generous that might look not great uh later in the week depending on what happens there with them. This might be a game where they, you know, Michigan scores some points early and then the DC Ain't quorum they roll stokes out the rest of the game. I would be fairly worried about that. I think Texas because of last week is pretty like they they need to rebound and I think Bijan needs to have a big week. They're not going to try to put too much on Quinn Ewers' shoulders. Like, mean, they're going to try to dial him back a little bit there. I don't know. That's I my think it's idea. a hard
1: it's a hard time of year to predict um, what's going to happen in games because there are so many motivations. You could have a team that is trying to get healthy for the end of the season. You could have a, a player that is you know kind of worried about the draft stock now. And so it's it's you know you got to have the stars align a little bit to. Identify a team that is going to play consistently the way they have played uh, in previous in previous weeks. Which is kind of why one of the
0: Tennessee, teams baby. Tennessee, baby. Tennessee. That's the one. I they're like. still
1: playing for something. They're still playing for something. But so are you USC and UCLA. USC believes that they're a playoff team and it's a rivalry game. So you know, I think that we don't have to worry if Mario Williams is healthy. He's probably going to play. Jordan Addison is going to play. Caleb Williams is going to play the entire game. They want to. What what did uh uh. Uh, DTR say earlier this week, they said they wanted to hang 50 on, on USC. So um, that's a game where I'm like pretty certain about what the game script is going to be there. If players are healthy, they're going to play, but it's hard to find those types of matchups across uh, the slate this week.
2: Yeah. I think once you, that's a great point. It becomes even more relevant as the weeks go on and for bowl games, especially like, Oh my God, that's going to be such a mess to, to have to really, get into like the psychological aspect to it. But um, I think from a Bijan versus Blake perspective, I think lots of reasons to believe that Quorum could not perform what you want out of eighty five hundred on DraftKings. I would consider him more of a cash game option because of those, t- uh, of those carries he's more than likely going to get, it. I think Illinois is good enough. Now if Chase Brown's out, if McCray's out things could get a little tricky because that Michigan defense is a little underrated. Uh, but Bijan makes for the perfect um, tournament play because because of a bad game, because of the nice total, um, and because of a high price, you'll probably see low uh, uh, low ownership. I want to stay on Michigan though for just a quick second. 2023 running back Braylon Allen has a really really nice matchup against Nebraska on the road. Um, I think you know Wisconsin doesn't score a lot of ways other than on the on the ground. But uh, you know Mertz has been interesting this year. I would never roster him in DFS, but I think Braylon Allen at like 7K is awesome. Kendrick Miller at 6800 is great. Then Nikia Watson's super cheap. So I think there's a lot of options where a guy like Bijan is definitely going to go towards that like lower ownership. So we really, we really haven't had that nuclear Braylon Allen game this this year yet, have we? I,
0: I don't know if we'll get it. I mean, I guess Week One against Illinois State or whatever he had 148 and two. But really, he hasn't put together the yardage and the touchdowns yet. So, I, I mean, I, is it coming? I don't know. I don't like, I'm not going to, you know, the storyline he's due. I always think that's a bad narrative type argument. Um, But I, I kind of figure at some point he's got one of these games in him that he's just going to have like 230 and three or 230 mm-hmm. and four or something like that. Like, I, is this the week against Nebraska?
2: Maybe. Maybe. I really don't know. It seems like every time we're about to get one, Gorendo runs like an 80-yard touchdown and ruins everything, or he comes in at the end of the drive and and steals it away. One other quick, um, uh, maybe low-owned game to consider would be Michigan State against Indiana. I think both teams are pretty gross, like defensively. So I think there's and there's enough offensive options um, to really consider. I think Jalen Berger from Michigan State, the running back, Jaden Reed, the receiver, and then on the um, Indiana side of things. Dexter Williams, who plays quarterback, apparently, not running back. I thought for yeah, a while Dexter he was running Williams. Yeah. Yep. Dexter Williams, the quarterback. I think he with his rushing upside in middle to low price is always gonna be someone I wanna like consider. Michigan State, like I said, has not been all that appealing defensively. So, you know, if you can get him at a low ownership, why not? Right. So, so, in, so... In,
0: in a tournament play. How appealing is a guy like Dexter Williams? That's super cheap, but there's really no like run back there. Like you can't like, that's not a game that you're just going to be nailing a bunch of options in.
2: There's not a ton of options. um, And I can't imagine the team, the game total is all that high to be honest, Uh, or like crazy high, right? Probably in the mid fifties, but you know, I don't, it doesn't bother me, you know, not every piece has to be a run back. I think, you know, if you're going to pay up for like a Bijan, you know, you know, if you're going to, maybe do an expensive stack like let's say like a stroud harrison then it becomes more important because you know if you're paying 9k for a guy you need 30 something points you know uh, dexter williams at like 5800 or whatever it is you know you always want to not cap your uh, upside with a quarterback but if he got 20 points that's fine you know you know you can you can make up for it elsewhere i don't think a, a guy like at that price you don't have to necessarily run back but Um, It's always something worth keeping in mind. Some of these weekends get so insane too, by the way, that like correlation doesn't matter. Like you have to, if the, if the field is big enough, someone's going to, what we say on bet on C2C is hit the nuts and just get everything right and have it all in the same lineup. Right. Um, So. A lot of, a lot of tuned Mordecai lineups out there a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Well, because of DraftKings, it wasn't a part of anything. (laughs) <laughs> really they didn't put it on any I, slate at they all did, i don't believe they had it on any Jeez. slate at all yeah, so um just to round it all out i mentioned these guys already but these are some cheap options to consider for the slate layton smithson the washington state receivers 3k the running back nakia watson for them is thirty eight hundred. if keaton mitchell is out i think marlon gunn at 3500 for ecu is like pretty much a lock um as close to a lock as you can get because he's been talented and been getting a decent amount of carries already. So I don't have to worry about you know who is that second running back type thing. And then finally, Stacey Sneed from Houston, the running back, is 3,800 as well. He's had some monster games. Um, has looked to be that lead guy with all those injuries they've had in the Houston backfield. He, and Sneed was a guy I wanted to ask you about. So I'm glad
0: that you um, yeah. threw his name out there.
2: I'm always a little worried when it involves players getting opportunity based on a bunch of injuries. Cause like, I think he's like a third year freshman, which is just awesome in today's day and age of watching college football. But you know, he wasn't the main guy. So I'm always curious. When are these other guys coming back? So I would say always do your research on a situation like Sneed. but um, between us, I am trying to add him in another league and CFF a dynasty league because I think the matchup is just, it's just—is uh, that appealing? So, lips are sealed. We're not in any leagues together, so I won't blow up your spot. No. Um,
0: all right, we're gonna round this out, guys, with the best bet segment. Um, not something that you guys have necessarily been doing on here, but just something that we want to uh, uh, toss in here for this week, especially for Sharp Felix up there. And Felix, I know um, we just we, we just waste a little bit of your DFS expertise, but let's bring in your betting side here and give this us is what the you quietest like this i've ever been on a podcast by far by far my my favorite appearance of yours too coincidentally so I- <laughs> and for good i was gonna say it
1: for good and for good reason um you know i this early in the week i'm not sure that i have lines that i feel there are only a few sometimes i see like 10 lines i feel really confident about there are fewer this week um TCU, Baylor, I like the under on 56 and a half. I don't know that Baylor is going to score. I mean, I don't know what they're going to score um, to, to get to the number. is really high. So the total, 56 and a half is the total. And, and TCU is probably not going to have Corey Johnston. So is this a team that runs the ball more? Are they going to um, you know try to speed the game up? Keep the clock running, that sort of thing. So I like the under on fifty-six and a half. half is already a team, you know, wants to run the ball with Jeff Crimes there, so we could see a quick ending uh, to that game, which means we don't get to that total. Um, the the over under on uh, Tennessee at South Carolina is sixty-seven and a half. Who? How much is South Carolina going to score? Out of that 67 and a half. I mean, this is a team that might be capped at 14, might be capped at 17. And I, you know, Tennessee could get up early Mm -hmm. in the first half and then this game, uh, speed again speeds up in the second half. So I like the under
0: there. And then I just want to report to you real quick that uh, that line has actually moved down a little bit since you, so that, I mean, I think your initial inclination there is correct. I'm seeing on DraftKings, which is usually, you know, pretty up to date on it's a 66 on there there might be like a 66 okay. and a half hanging around out yeah. there but i doubt that 67 and a half is still available so that that is one that's yeah. moving i agree with you
1: yeah and then uh georgia tech at unc so i mentioned earlier about teams that are you know what their motivations are unc is a team that's trying to uh, uh highlight drake may maybe get him in the conversation uh, in the conversation for the heisman uh get a good bowl game um, this is gonna be an overmatched Georgia Tech team, or at least in my opinion. That one's uh, uh UNC's favored by 20 and a half. I think that they cover. Who's, now, quarterback, just,
2: who's quarterback for Georgia Tech? Because they just said Jeff it's, Sims it's is either, basically done. Um it's gonna be then, Zach Gibson. Yeah, it's gonna be Gibson. I'm pretty sure they've said. To yeah. see, it's
1: Back. gonna be the 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 Arkansas, the Akron, excuse me, the Akron transfer, Zach
2: Gibson. Mm. Yeah, I like that line then for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, 20 and a half. I like, uh, I like UNC to cover.
2: I to circle back on Tennessee real quick. That is a team you mentioned earlier with like narrative with psychologically. How do they feel? I said it last week in my um, maneuvering the chalk article, like Tennessee has to score a bunch. They have to win big. They have to look good. So I certainly the 66 and a half, 66 and a half is interesting because you're right. Like, how much does South Carolina actually score there? Like, what kind of offensive talent do they do they still have playing? Right, they've had some injuries with Rucker, Marshawn Lloyd. Is he back? Um, that would impact it. But you know, I think there's a pretty good chance we see Joe Milton throw another 65 yard bomb to Squirrel. Yeah. Uh, and then at that point, it's like, man, I just hope South Carolina hasn't hit the 20s because then it could. It get could a I was good.
1: gonna say it could be it could be 63 to 20, and you still hit your under. No it can be a relative 63 to 20, or 43, 43 to 20. 43 to 20. And you still hit your 43 to 20 and you've hit, you still hit your under. That's what
0: I think. So, man, I know, I know public school, as you always say, but man, that was, that that math was not adding up. Um, I just have one and I, I'm not hundred percent sure it because I haven't heard any news on what the rice quarterback situation is going to be. Cause TJ McMahon got hurt last week. Did he not left this game early? Um, was replaced by this dude who I'm going to – I have no idea who he is, Shocky Itrash.
2: I mean, we need mocks here for that. To pull him away from the Mac DB int- uh, stuff he's covering and bring him in here for that.
0: Well, the, re- uh, the So the UTSA-Rice game, the game total is at 60.5. I think I like the over on that if McMahon's playing. It, these are two teams that just score a ton. They don't play – a ton of defense. I know Rice coming off a tough game here against Western Kentucky, but um, 60 and a half feels a little low to me um, overall. Um, and if he's healthy, I actually kind of like Rice to cover 13 points as well, but I, I, I'm, I'm questioning. I don't know uh, who their quarterback is going to be. So, um, But that's that's a line that jumps out to me early. I was really hoping that the Alabama, they there would be some sort of like first quarter, first half lines out, but you can't bet that at all. Like on DK and a couple other books, I've seen uh, it's not available yet. And Ohio State, I like, I like in some of these lopsided matchups to kind of play that first half or first quarter line, but Ohio State's at fourteen and a half, and I just don't like being on that side of the the fourteen to play that either.
2: Yeah, because then you really need that extra possession. You know, you don't, you're not gonna get lucky with like a. You could get lucky with like a missed extra point or something, but.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
2: I have, it's I have three dogs and one of them wants to eat really, really loudly. But what were you thinking on the Bama line? Did you want to go Bama? I
0: wanted to go Bama first quarter, and I wanted Bama first quarter if it was like going to be like like thirteen and a half points or something like that. I would have been hammering Bama on that all day. Those are the, the the kind of matchups I like taking that first quarter total. So. Yeah, all right. That was that was good. Uh, good radio, good stuff. Guest appearance there. What which which dogs barking? What what's the name here?
2: The old one, Penny. She's like fifteen or sixteen. She's never going to die, and there she is, letting us know.
0: All right, Penny. Well, thanks for hopping on here with us. Um, I think that's it for Bet on C two C here this week, guys. Uh, the uh, at least Chris and I will be back. Felix, I don't know. Are you are you can committing to another appearance on the show? Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. All right, so you will be running it back here next week with you guys. As always, we'll be in the Discord chatting up a bunch of this uh, prize picks and betting specifically over the course of the next couple of days. Chris, you released a Maction Slate video on the YouTube channel. Are you planning on doing another one tomorrow for Wednesday night? Or I do, Wednesday night for sure. Perfect. So then we'll have another one of those for you guys. Uh, we will catch you next week.